reading is taken from 2 Kings 2, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 19 to 25. The people of the city said to Elisha, Look, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad and the land is unproductive. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it, so it's water to him. Then he went out to the spring and threw the salt into it, saying, This is what the Lord says.
come back with me to 850 BC, to the Iron Age, to a small piece of land called Israel, a country about the size of Wales. And look with me at some curious events. Poisonous water is purified. Aggressive youths are mauled by ferocious bears. Poisonous stew is made safe. A hundred men are fed with twenty small loaves. And an iron axe head floats. What's going on? What's the significance of these events? Why are they in the Bible? When an SAS unit of soldiers are dropped in by night into a strange location, they're trained that unless they come under fire, they should stay still and acclimatize. They should adjust to their surroundings before they move into action. That's a picture of what we have to do when we come to look at these miracles of Elisha. We've arrived at a strange part of the Bible. We need to gain our bearings before we try to apply these stories to our lives. So what's the big picture of this part of the Bible? And then we'll look at the three stories in turn. First of them, the big picture. One and two kings is the story of people under the judgment of God. One kings begins with the high point of Israel's history, the empire of King Solomon. But people turn away from God, and the nation splits in two, into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Things are especially bad in the northern kingdom. God is displeased with them because of their pagan worship. So he sends them defeat in battle. They're overrun by the Assyrians in 722 BC. God sends them defeat. God sends them famine. Just as God promised in the book of Deuteronomy. Things were a little better in the southern kingdom of Judah. Judah continued to have a Davidic king. Some of their kings were godly. Some true worship continued in Jerusalem. And all the time God was sending prophets to warn the people, to call them back to himself. But eventually, Judah turned away from God. So Jerusalem is destroyed by the Babylonians, 586 BC. But, in the middle of 1 and 2 Kings, we get the stories of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah and Elisha bring blessing and rescue to God's faithful people. They lead the company of the prophets. They serve the faithful remnant of Jesus. With Elisha, you're safe. Elisha holds out the way of rest. We're pointed forward to 2 Peter 3.9. That God is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Elisha, in fact, points us forward stories make us think of Jesus. 
The feeding of the 100 makes us think of the feeding of the 5,000. The healing of the leper in chapter 5 makes us think of Jesus' healing. We see the raising of the dead here. The cleansing of the poisonous stew. Although, although judgment is certain, God sends a saviour before judgment. God does not send judgment without also sending saviour. No one goes to hell without passing the outstretched arms of Jesus on the cross. So there's the big picture. Elisha is a type of Christ, a picture of Christ. God loves the people of Elisha's day. God loves the people of our day. And we can find his love in now let's look at these three stories in turn. The healing of the water and the bear attack, death in the pot and the feeding of a hundred, and an axe head floats. Firstly then, the healing of the water and the bear attack. So back in chapter 2, verses 19 to 25. Elisha is staying in Jericho. Elijah just been carried up to heaven, escaping death. Verse 19, the people of the city said to Elisha, Look, our Lord, this town is well situated, as you can see, but the water is bad, and the land is unproductive. This is an example of people under the judgment of God. But with Elisha, Dangerous youths, and their crime is that they fail to. Receive 
get into the pot and said, serve it to the people to eat. And there was nothing harmful in the pot. God loves his people. He's committed to blessing them. He will keep Similarly, in verse 42, a man came from Baal Shalishah. Now that tells you a lot. The town is named after Baal. Baal is a pagan fertility god. The reason God's people are under his curse is that they're worshipping the Baal. Anyway, this man brings Elisha 20 loaves of barley bread from the first ripe corn, along with some new some years of new corn. In the Deuteronomic law, farmers were required to bring the first fruits of their crops to the priests in the temple. This wasn't possible in Baal, Shalishah. So the farmer brings the first fruits to the prophet for the next, next best thing to the priest. It's a way of giving to God. And Elisha is responsible for feeding the prophet. So he says, give it to the people to eat. How can I set this before a hundred men? His servant asked. In other words, there's not enough food here. Elisha answered, give it to the people to eat. For this is what the Lord said. They will eat and have some left over. Then he set it before them, and they ate and had some left over, according to the word of the Lord. Notice that God's word is utterly reliable. When God says they will have some left over, they will have some left over. So God's people are under God's curse. But when they follow God's leader, they come into the place of blessing and they know abundance. All of this is a fulfilment of the promises of Deuteronomy 13. And the final place where we see this is in chapter 6.
The axe head fell into the water. Oh no, my lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. It wasn't possible just to pop to the shop and buy another one. An axe head was an expensive and time-consuming thing to replace. And God is concerned with the small My mother lost her hearing aid a few weeks ago. My parents turned the house upside down. Eventually they gave up and she ordered a new one. Then they found the old one. <laughs> and there's some furniture. So now she's got a spare. God cares about the small detail of our life. So Elisha, the man of God, asked for six. Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it there and made the iron glow. No issue is too small for God. We can bring to him all our needs. We've seen these stories about Elisha today. God's people as a whole are under God's judgment. The conquest of the Assyrians the conquest of the Babylonians is coming. But when God's people follow God's leader, they can move from the place of God's blessing, from the place of God's cursing, to the place of God's blessing. If you live in the place of God's blessing, does that mean that nothing goes wrong? Well, you know the answer to that, don't you? But the author and speaker, Christopher Ash, asks this question. Christopher says, it's a general truth that blessing follows obedience in the Bible. But that doesn't mean that the obedient Christian never suffers. Christopher offers the following illustration. Suppose an earthquake struck a well-planned place like Manhattan, with its clear and ordered grid of streets. If I wanted to go from A to B after the earthquake, I would in general still be best advised to go by the main road. But whereas before the earthquake, that would always be the best. Now I might find that the main road has been blocked up and that the building has collapsed to open up an unplanned room. To live like this with us and God. In general, keeping God's commands will bring peace and prosperity. In general, for example, if I'm honest and work hard, I will do better. But not always. And the final proof that righteousness takes will not come until the final judgment. God's people are under God's curse in one and two. But those who follow Elisha are under God's blessing. 
Thank you. 